not to mention there's this weird-looking orb in front of us. <laughs> oh, you named it now. We're getting some really weird looks at McDonald's right now. It's pretty funny, actually. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Welcome back, everybody. This is Chris, the wingman. Daniel, the track... What am I right now? Track rat. We'll be track rat tonight. Frozen rat. Frozen rat. Yeah, it's yeah. freaking cold. And we are recording to you live from the Golden Starches. Golden Starches. Because, uh, well... Starbucks was way too crowded. And it's too cold to be outside. Yes, it's and 27 degrees outside right we now. We didn't feel like backtracking back and forth. No, so, so we're at McDonald's. Yeah, we're here what yeah, is it? at that place. What is it in Coming to America? McDaniels? What is it? Damn it. McDoodles? McDoodles. McDougals. Is it McDougals? Hang on. Don't mind us. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So we're, we're taking shelter here to uh, bring episode 31 to you. I can't mm-hmm. believe we've actually made the 31. Hell, I think every episode to us is amazing. It's, always, it's like, wait a minute, we made it this far? And uh, okay. no, if you haven't noticed, we aren't live tonight. Um, just scheduling and other things. Just, yeah. just doing more. No, we do have some uh, some guests on the back burner here, which we'll be uh, bringing on in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, some really fun, exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, Dan, you want to talk a little bit about NashvilleMotorbikes.com. Okay, NashvilleMotorbikes.com. A friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, uh, Zach, he and I think two, of, uh, two other people have started this, and it's a neat little community website for the Nashville area, where if you're, you know, Nashville, Franklin, East Nashville... That kind of thing. Just the greater Nashville, Davidson County area, Middle Tennessee. There hasn't really been anybody anywhere you can go and say, hey, this would be a cool place to go ride. This is a cool restaurant to go check out and ride to. This is a cool, you know, it's just a community thing where it shows you, hey, there's, this is here. This event's coming up. That kind of, this, that, and the other thing. Like a road guide for, yeah, a road guide for, for motorcycles. And so he and two of his buddies have decided, hey, we're going to do this. And it's live now. I've invited a bunch of people on Facebook to go like it. It's on Instagram. It's Nashville Motorbikes mm-hmm. on Instagram and Facebook and online. It's Nashville. It's been Motor- up on our Facebook yeah. page. NashvilleMotorbikes.com. I actually found a really neat event that's going on Friday the 16th. Which is tomorrow. Which is tomorrow. We're recording. For us recording. For us recording, it's tomorrow. Um, it is an art show with Oil and Ink Company. And it's mostly, you know, Cafe Racer cool art apparently there's going to be a DJ there uh, drinks t-shirts and that kind of stuff and it's at a at a shop at a gear store that I had no clue existed right right Moto, under our noses yeah right under our noses Mo, noses Moto Moda and um M-O-T-O M-O-D-A yeah so it's a neat I'm going to go check it out we're going to check it out tomorrow night I'm really excited just in the sheer fact that hey this is somewhere else we can go to go check out and hang out so if you want to check them out, yes, they're on Instagram. They're on as Instagram, well. motomoda.com. They carry a lot of the more the trendier stuff, you know. Definitely a little more hipster vibe, but yeah, I would say it's more cafe vibe, a little yeah. more more modern, trendy vibe. I'm not gonna say hipster because I'm gonna go hipster. He can but, go hipster. Know, I'm not gonna go hipster. But the fact that they're riding these bikes says a lot more than the typical hipster. Yes. Um. So 
there's that, and it's there's a lot of neat stuff. There's a couple of restaurants on there that I'm that I didn't either a I didn't know about or b I forgot about. Um, and just there's actually places to that you can take your bike to get worked on, or you can go work on it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, just a nice, just a neat community website. Resource and people. we'll have him on. I think we're gonna have him on next week. Yeah, Zach on, and then. Another thing, one of the really cool things is they've got where if you want to learn how to ride, they've got a link to the MSF and you can learn mm-hmm. how to ride and where it's all in your area. And learn how to do this properly. Do it properly. So it's really neat. I'm, ha- I'm excited that we're actually going to be kind of part of it. We're going to, we're fleshing everything out. We're going to meet up and talk and content yeah. and everything else. So it, we're really excited. It's going to be fun. It'll be a really entertaining. It's a neat website. He did, Zach and everybody did a really good job. Um, <laughs> A lot of stuff that, again, I didn't know about. Right. I would have never known about without this website. Yeah. So, <clears throat> if you have anything, any ideas, any content, any, like... Uh, any suggestions. Any restaurant suggestions, yeah. ride suggestions, ride destination suggestions, NashvilleMotorBikes.com. It'll have a contact info thing where you can jump on there and say, hey, this is cool, and they'll get back to you and that kind right. of stuff. And they're giving away free stickers, too. Right. And, so. of course, you know, if you'd rather us pass the line down, yeah. by Let all means, know. reach out to us. Usually, Absolutely. I can, um, I'll text him. I'll text Zach yeah. and let him know, hey, here's this. Yeah, give us a call, 2625-GO-RIDE, um, or email us. It's uh, wingmansgarage at gmail.com. Oh, is it now? Yeah, it's okay. just simple to go with the Gmail. Yeah. So wingmansgarage at gmail.com, super simple. Yep. Or hit us up on all, any of the social platforms. Um, it is monitored. Pretty often, yeah, it's pretty because I have no life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's winter. You do have a life. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too. Yeah. But it's also winter time. Oh, and I actually have uh, my buddy Phil that works next to me ask if we had t-shirts. <laughs> I told him I was like, "Why did you just ask me that question?" <laughs> about anyway, that. About that. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So, um, my um, offer still stands from uh, the previous episode. Anybody that calls in and leaves us the best intro on our telephone line. I will send you a shirt and some stickers. I'm going to be the guy that calls in. Speaking <laughs> of shirts, I do have to say a big thank you and big shout out to Liza. Are you kidding me right now? Motorcycles. How, what the hell? That's BS. They, I they, want one. They sent us a shirt because we support them on Patreon. But yeah. Um, and I want a shirt. Damn it's it. a very cool shirt. I actually had to steal it back from the queen who had claimed it instantly. Yes, I am wearing it now. But, she does uh, probably. She does look better in it than you, though. Well, she looks better than me. Period. That's that's what can I not. Say? Like, that's not part of the argument. No. no. <laughs> I think so, I think all of the all of our queens look better than us. Yes. Yes. Which is that's pretty much a given. Right. As it should be. As it should be. Yes. So thank you, Liza, and everyone else yeah. at the uh, Recycle Garage, and thank you again for just all the stuff that you guys do because it's always entertaining. Right. And Isaac. Thank you for being the only one that actually plays with the <laughs> with trivia, our moto trivia. With the moto yes. trivia, you were the only one that actually answered mine because apparently nobody likes my questions. So because I made <laughs> well, people mad. I mean, the last question I posted, I finally got two bites on it. Well, see, nobody knows what it is. I know what it is, but what is it? It's the porcupine. Good job. See Good job. again, I'm the I'm the moto. <coughs> I'm Rain Man. But I also think that is a beautiful bike. Oh, it's gorgeous. That may not be the best fantastic. running bike, but I think it was absolutely gorgeous. I. Speaking of old bikes and that kind of stuff, I'm going to link it and I'm going to send it over. I'll post it. They have both days of the Barry Sheen Memorial Trophy on Goodwood from Goodwood. And it is, A, the first day's pissing with rain. Just pissing down with rain. Second day, it's bone dry. There's heat haze and everything else. 
the bike that got second on Sunday is 83 years old. Wow. It is a rigid frame, telelever front fork, and it's chattering, and it's all over the place. And the guy riding it's 66. The bike's 83 years old, and it's dude's beating the piss out of it. It's amazing. I'll link to it probably tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be I awesome. I watched it last night because it's the, the cool thing about the Goodwood stuff, you can usually – they'll put out the full races a couple of weeks or a month or two after the race is like the revival's over. So what they do is they'll put the whole race out, and you can watch it then. But yeah, the, the second race is wonderful, wonderful, awesome. So yeah, we'll yeah. put that out there. Eighty-three yeah. year old motorcycle, I can't believe that. Oh, uh, you know, tires are almost as a little bit or a touch wider than my bicycle. I don't know if it can be argued. Are we living in the golden age of motorcycles now, or were the golden ages back then when everything was new? We are, li- and you had to be innovative on your own to make your bikes perform better. There's no such, there's no real set golden age. There, there was a golden age back in the 50s and 60s, right when that explosion of the European, the British mm-hmm. invasion, everything else. Then the golden age for the Japanese bikes was late yeah. 60s up to the early 80s. I'm going to say pretty much the 70s was yeah. kind of the best of times and worst of times for the for de- Japanese de- bikes. Depending, yeah. I think we are in a golden age now. Just from a choice perspective, and a <clears throat> build quality and rideability area, just because there isn't a bad one out there. No, it, no one makes a bad motorcycle, and that's very true. No one makes a bad motorcycle. It's just not not be the best motorcycle for you. Yeah, they're they're readily available. <clears throat> Service is usually pretty easy to get. Um, Almost everything's virtually yeah. bulletproof. Virtually everything's bulletproof, unless you get one of the weird boutique things. Right. But that's... Or a point. Chinese bike. Yeah. Which even then, some of them are... That's coming. That, yeah. Another five um, years. Was it CSC? <clears throat> CSC's coming. I, and I know it'll probably get poo-pooed by you know yeah. some of the uh, Cleveland Moto guys. But again, we don't ride any of them. No, but I, I know that they, they're getting more of a... Network supporting them, which is really what the biggest problem with the Chinese bikes. Um, outside of the break easily. Who was it? It was. Uh, it's not Dan Neen. It, uh, Gary. Um, no. <clears throat> Shit. What is his name? I can't remember. The Isle of Man racer. He raced. They had a CSC. Oh, hell. They could never get it. They, they'd run well during the practice, but they could never get it to race properly. Um, he won the. Super Sport 2013 on the Triumph. Oh, great. Now we got to look that up. Ge- Geza is the ch- Gary something. He's a, he was, he's a mail rider. Why do I not know this? God. Anyway. Um, but it's the golden age. Everyone everyone looks back at, their, at when they came up in writing and where they were first introduced to writing as their golden age. Johnson? Gary Johnson. That's his name. Geza. Yeah, Gary Johnson. So... <clears throat> The thing about it is, now we are going to see it as a golden age because we are truly invested in riding and motorcycles and everything else and everything that's coming out. Now that we've come out of that, the recession and the economic meltdown, everyone is finally back to being able to put money into themselves. Right, and every bike that's coming out now, it, it's got things that 30 years ago they wish could have happened. I mean, it's... it's, I mean, it's fuel injection works. Oh, yeah. You're, suspension, well, even yeah. basic suspension, is far like, better than anything we had back in 
the seventies. Van and 80s. Van two hundred or whatever. That's probably that's got better suspension than my SV did ten years, 12, 13 years the ago. The TU two hundred and fifty, yeah, which looks like a bike right out of the sixties. It is a bike right out of the sixties, but it's, it's got, injected. Yeah, but it's got everything that works. Everything. Like, I I understand guys that still want to do carburetors and everything else. Mm. It cleans the look of the bike. Carburetor, carburetors and, you know... They're simpler air, to work on. You can work on sort them. of. You can work on them if you know what you're doing. It's... There's only two or three things that are going to be wrong with it. Either that or it's dirty. But it cleans the look of the bike up. But it's... I don't have to tune for atmospheric conditions everywhere. I don't right. have to have a box of jets in there. Right. A stock fuel-injected bike will make it Anywhere, regardless of elevation, and do relatively well. Yeah, just stock. Yeah, but yeah, golden age. It's not really. A, it, we are in a golden age mm-hmm. now because well, we have bikes that can do that. You can get an S one thousand double R, and you can go mop up at an advanced level on a track day. You can commute on it back and forth to work, and you can tour on it and get 35, 40 miles to the gallon, and not be killing yourself your wrists aren't really killing you all that bad and return rideability and everything else and you're not really fatigued a whole lot yeah you're going to be worn out but it's not i can't get on the i don't want to get back on the bike right so now let's compare that to you know a 50s anachronism of it the closest the epitome of what used to be the Performance level was the Norton Manx. Norton Black, yeah, the Black yeah. Shadow, the, no, yeah. the Vincent Black Shadow. No, the Manx, the 500 yeah, the CC racer. But it's. You know, and a bike like that probably put out what? Maybe. 55, 65 horsepower, maybe. Yeah. But I good bet day. riding that thing as fast as it wanted to go, it felt like you were You're riding that as well. But it's. Like John McGinnis has a really good, really good column in PB when he's talking about running the classics. He's like, look, the Peyton might make that I'm on, the Peyton 500 that I'm on might only make. You know, eighty horsepower, but I'm a hundred miles an hour into a hundred mile an hour corner that I'm on hundred miles an hour on my superbike. Yeah, so it'll hang a corner, but it's just like you look at it and you're like skinny tires and everything else. And like, nah, I don't know about all this. Sure. But on dated suspension. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't. I like looking at old bikes. I will. I will eventually have me an old bike just to tinker with and have let it sit and stain my garage floor, but not right now. You know? I like they're gorgeous. Right. There's certain bikes out there that I do want to have eventually, but no, I, I can't do it right now. You know, and as we kind of grew into our bikes through, throughout the years, I mean, we started off on what? Start, you started off in SV. I started off on which the SV. had what? No real adjustments on the it's zero zero adjustments. My first suspension. real bike, my Ninja Five Hundred, didn't count. No, because um, I only rode that for like six hours. Yeah. Um that's a different story. Yeah, but my six three six had fully adjustable suspension. Yep. You know, and so I've always kind of been used to that. But now you're on a bike that has electronic adjustable and it's self-adjusting. I ain't got to worry about it. I love you know? that. That's why I bought that bike. Who would have ever thought we would have gotten to that point? That's why I bought that bike. Really? That's why I don't have to mess with it. I hit a button and it's done. Right. And you know what? I'm okay with that. And rider modes and traction control and launch control and wheelie control. It's awesome stuff, and it definitely is intended to make sure the bike runs as yeah. efficiently as possible, mm-hmm. as safely as possible, and as fast as possible. Yeah. You know, it, it's awesome stuff, and there's a lot of bikes out there that absolutely need it. Yeah, that H2R that Road is absolutely one of them. That's one of those bikes that if, if normal I, people are going yeah. to buy it, you have to have it. I would not touch that thing if traction control was turned off. Nope. Period. I just wouldn't. 
Nope, not without a wheelie yeah, bar. I'm, I'm not that brave. Not without you a know. wheelie bar. Sure, I ride a high boost. I had a ZX-14. Boosting they, a ZX, boosting a 14 is a different animal. They are a much different animal. You know, in comparison, they're tame. Oh, yeah. Super tame. Yeah. You know. Those bikes, you take an H2, a forced induction, a forced mm-hmm. induced motorcycle. That is about like, well, okay, you got your boost and everything. Comparing that to an H2, mm-hmm. your boost is going to be kind of like a really fast pickup truck. Right. Whereas the H2R is going to feel like a Camden tugged brand new Super Sport Camaro running seven second quarters. Right. You know, it's, you're ridiculous. But at one point, at any point in time, when is all this going to be too much? You know, I've granted all the tech that comes out on these new bikes will make even a novice rider ride fantastically well. Within reason. It'll make him a lot safer because it's correcting for his overcorrections or not correcting at all. It'll make a great rider even better mm-hmm. and make a fantastic rider even more so. Yeah. But when are we going to hit the envelope where we pushed it too far? Leader bikes, you, back when the R1 came out in 99, it was pushing, bike. what, 140, 150 horsepower at most? At the crank. Yeah. 150 to crank. I think it's 100, 142, 138 right. at the wheel. Being, and being a super light bike, that was yeah. a thousand cc's. Yeah, and that bike was stupid fast. It's uh, no, fast. I learned how to ride on one. That bike's still fast. Yeah, stupid fast. Anything with 150 horsepower on two wheels is going to be fast. Amazingly good looking bike. Oh, still, 99 red and white. That's what I want. Yeah, I want one of those so bad. But now you're getting on all these new leader bikes, and they are pushing 180 horsepower at the rear wheel from the factory. New new BMW S1000 R pushes right at 193 mm-hmm. to the ground from the factory. Yeah. And what, the new Aprilia uh, RSV4 is going to push yeah, over 200 horsepower from the factory. It's, it's getting to a point where you're going to have to introduce a graduated license. Yeah. Which I'm kind of for and I'm kind of against but but you know any 600 yeah. 185 miles an hour <sighs> no it can't I hope you read the sarcasticness in that yeah anyway but it's the problem there's not really a problem with that it's it won't be too much because it's it's always been everybody asks oh when's it stop when's it stop when's it stop it's gonna stop when that Moto E Yamaha thing hits that mo- robot rider yeah. that's when it's gonna stop but the it's not going to stop until everyone realizes that, okay, this is what's making me ride well. Do I want to step down and be better? And you jump on an SV650 with nothing in it. Or you get on something that's pushing 115 horsepower, but you've got really good suspension and really good tires and everything else. And then you go learn how to ride with that. Right. Well, same thing. Someone jumps on S1000 and thinks he's hot shit on that. Yeah. He jumps onto something different that doesn't have any of those older, uh, the, all the electronics. The old tech, yeah. It doesn't and, have the new tech on it. And he wipes out, and the first thing he's going to do is blame the bike. Your bike sucks. Is it done? No, you didn't learn how to do things properly. Put it this Which, way. Yeah, on a Anyone that is a decent rider will beat someone on any bike. It doesn't matter that is a not as good a rider. Right. I have embarrassed people on an SV650 
that I was on an SV, a very well set up SV with good tires, pushing on a good day 70 horsepower. I have embarrassed people on mm-hmm. full race GSXR 1000s, S1000 RRs. I made a guy mad on an S1000 RR. Huh. I ran off and hid, and he didn't know which way I went. So it's. You know, and we can compare this to things like martial arts because yeah. both of us are martial artists. Yeah. You know, you don't start off learning how to do all these double jump flip kicks. You, don't, yeah, you no, start you off don't. learning the reverse punch and your basic stances, and you do that forever. Yeah, you sit there. Because guess what? That's the that's the building blocks. Yeah. You so know, learn how to ride on a smaller bike that mm-hmm. doesn't have these aids only makes you a better rider if you approach it yeah. knowing that you're learning. And it's, it, you, I tell everybody, especially since I'm the, the track guy. And I'm, I try and do as much track work as I can afford. Um, expensive hobby. It is an expensive hobby, but it's very... When you get to the racetrack and you're hanging out, and the best part about the racetrack, uh, the first is like you get to go as fast as you want, you get to try and push yourself and figure out where you're at. Second of all, you come in off the track, you're done, you got the bikes on the stands, got the warmers on, you're done, you're chilling out, you're out of the leathers, you're in your basketball shorts and your, and your ride gear and stuff, you're chilling out having a beer, with all your buddies talking shit, that's the best part. That is the utter best. Everybody hanging out, goofing off at the end of the day. But you got to sit there and realize that someone's always going to be faster than you. Always. There's all, my first day running, my first day running advanced, I was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Great riding. First day I jumped in advanced, I was sitting there talking to my buddy, my buddy David, because David. Uh, buddy David. He was my rider coach for forever when I was racing riding in Nashville. I asked David, I'm like, am I going to be okay here? Because I'm still looking around and it's nothing but, you know, guys racing Weira, guys racing AMA, you know, really, I've, guys I've been watching do track days for years that don't race, but they ride really fast. They're really experienced on a racetrack. I'm looking at David, I'm like, am I going to be okay? Like, am I, I don't want to be anybody's way or anything, but am I going to be alright? And he goes, David looks at me, he goes, follow me for three laps. You'll be fine. Alright, cool. Jumped on that, jumped on old Betsy. Uh, that thing had slicks on it. First time I was ever on slicks that I could halfway use them. Went through and stayed with David for three laps, and I turned around and looked. Nobody else is behind us. I'm like, I guess I'll be all right then. <laughs> but it's you got to sit there and realize that the bike can have as much technology as you want. The bike is not going to do anything the rider doesn't tell it to do. Right. So... It lets you get a bike with a lot of technology. Lets you get away with a lot. Yep. It makes it's like driving a GTR on a racetrack. You get away with so much, and you look amazing. You look like a badass driver. You stick you in a Miata, you're gonna get your ass handed to you. But I don't guess I'm not gonna say it's too much. I'm gonna say that the different the differing sections of motorcycling, your high end sports bike guys are always they're all, they're gonna want the electronic suspension and everything else and all the rider aids. Your scrambler guys, they just want something that's got a high pipe and they can ride off right on a dirt road. Your, you know, base naked supermoto guys, they just want something they can run back and forth to work on. They don't want electronic suspension. They just want something they hit the start button and go. So, on the, is it too much electronic-wise or anything else? When it gets to be a point, it's too much electronics when you no longer have control. Right. When it's compensating for your lack of ability to control it. That's when there's an issue. Now, honestly, traction control, I think it's fantastic, especially in the real world. Yeah. You know? ABS. You have to have ABS now. In the real world, it makes a big difference because it'll make you safer. Yeah. Period. 
Whereas, I'm not saying that electronics is a bad thing. It's no. just when you've got a bike that has this much power and all these controls, learn to control it on your own and not rely yeah. on them. Use it to accentuate your riding, not be yeah. your riding. Yeah. And that's really where I think that's the where the line needs to be yeah. drawn. Well, it's you get a lot of... The, the, the biggest argument you're going to have with electronics is your le, recliner journalists, recliner, recliner racing... Uh, shit, hang on. I lost my train of thought. Hang on. Couch jockeys. Couch jockeys, yes, thank you. They say, oh, electronics, this, that, and the other thing, blah, 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 blah. They don't need to have electronics on GP bikes. They don't need traction control. They don't need ABS, this, that, and the other thing. Okay, time out. For those of us playing the home game, everyone saw what happens when you don't have traction control on a 250 horsepower GP bike. 2013, coming into the corner where Marquez accidentally tapped Pedrosa and cut the cable to the traction control on his bike. What happened? Danny was talking to the angels after that high side. Soaring like an eagle. Soaring like an eagle. I'm not going to say So, no, please. So, you have to have that on it. On bikes like that, they need something that will give them just enough slip to get a good drive, but keep them to where they're not going to, you know, high side their brains out. Everybody wants to go back to the 500 days. No, I don't want to go back to the 500 days because half the grid was hurt by the middle of the season. I don't want that. I don't want anybody getting hurt. I want them good racing. I want to see people elbow to elbow, knee to knee, mm-hmm. and screaming at each other down the front straight. That's all I want. Anyway. But yeah. I don't know. It, do you think that some of the, the bikes that are coming out today, do you think they're actually turning new riders away? Because Hell no. Hell while no. While there's a lot of really good new options, new rider options. Some of the middle weights that used to be approachable like the Ninja 650, a lot of these now are starting to become a lot more high-powered. Well, it's, they're having to keep up with the market, and it's always, everything has to be bigger, better, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Right. That's human nature. And That's common. actually why America was the yeah. market to beat for so 30 plus years. It's not, it's more long, it's not Middleweight bikes shouldn't be intimidating. They, you just need someone to show to educate you. As a, as if okay, so if you're you're Joe Ryder, you've just spent a year on a Ninja Three Hundred. You're done with it. You're like, okay, I want to move up to something a little bit more of my taste now. You want to move up to a middleweight. And there are a lot of middleweights. There are a lot, to lot of middleweights to choose from. A lot more than before. A lot more. For, you can get a six hundred. You can get a. Do a five hundred. You can get a five hundred. You, you can go up to a. I would go up to maybe the FZ nine. Yeah, which is uh, almost a nine hundred eight sixty five cc. FZ nine's fantastic. It's something you're going to grow into. I wouldn't go any bigger than that because you start jumping into your speed triples and your Z one thousands and all that kind of stuff, and it's just which even then big, it's going to be too big. I think the Z one thousand, at least previous models were were okay. not a new one. But I mean, if we're talking new, then you want to go with you know the most I honestly. A good middleweight, what I would go with, if you're looking at maybe jumping in up, jumping up, or maybe getting your first middleweight, period, Street Triple R, mm-hmm. maybe 675. either a 675 or uh, that new 797 Monster, mm-hmm. or if you want if you want something that's a little bit different, but is going to give you a lot of fun, a, honestly, 
the um, Hypermotard. Yeah, maybe it's, the A twenty one Hyper. Yeah, it's a fun bike. <coughs> but see, the, the problem nine three nine nine three nine. The problem with that is the seat height's really high. It is, uh, but then again, we have taller people listening to. True. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you're my height, you don't want mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a pain. But honestly, the SV six fifty is a good way to start. Mm-hmm. You can ride that for a couple. Hell, I've been on one of those for. Hell, it's got traction 11 years. control too now. Does it? Yeah. You don't need traction control on that You don't need it. I've only, it's one of those safety things. I've so. only almost close to high-sided once. And that was because I was being dumb. <laughs> and it was cold and I had those Bridgestone, what, BT-090 oh. tires. They were for Motards and I just kind of happened to have one. And it was free. But whatever. It, yeah, that thing slid. Oh, shit. Anyway. But on the vein of it's too much, too much. When is it too much? In our opinion, this again, this is our opinion, our opinion only. There are other opinions to be had, and you can have your own. When is it too much gear and flash? When is it too much? Flash gear. When is it too much? You're looking at me, I'm icon poster boy here. Well, you are icon poster boy. Um, me personally, um. We already know you're a Rossi fan from the 46 on your bike that's yeah. on there five times. Right. We don't need to know. We know you're a Rossi fan. It's okay. You don't have to have the blue, white, and yellow full one-piece suit and the Rossi AGV and the yellow boots and the yellow gloves and ride that on the street. Right. We don't need to know that. That's too much. Right. We know you're a Rossi fan. It's okay. You're not Rossi. You've probably never even seen him live, but it's okay. That's fine. That's a little too much. But, or when it's, um... I mean, there's the stark opposite. How much Harley are you wearing? Well, that's that's a, that's, that's a different kind of thing. But that's still, a, what is too much, too much? You, yeah. You're gonna go that route, you True. gotta go the opposite side. When you've got the jacket, boots, pants... The underwear, the socks. You've got the flip-flops in the... In, you got the flip flops in the, the saddlebags, the wallet, the bracelet, the hat, the, hat, the, the helmet, bandana, the glasses, the earrings, the dog bandana with the dog with you. Mm-hmm. Your wife's matching you. It's how, just like, come on, much? guys, we get it. Yeah. But stop shouting about it. Yeah. That's like, that's why I like mine. That's like, you can't tell what brand my jacket is. Mm-hmm. You can't tell what je- brand my jeans are. You can tell what brand my helmet is just because that's who I am. And you can tell what my gloves are. That's it. That's it. Like it's if it's it gets to a point where it's too much where it's shouting. Don't shout at me. Of course, I can't really say anything. We've all done it, but right. I don't think I've had any another color other on a jacket other than black. Hmm. Like I've had like black and silver, but I've always had a black jacket. I've never had any. I've never had white or red, red, or red. Hmm. Well, your suit's what? My suit's blue. blue. That's different. I wear that three or four times a year. So. And I yeah. got that for, I got that second hand. Right. Well, I guess it all depends. Are you, are you, are you dressing for the ride? Yeah. Or are you dressing for the slide? True. Dressing for the ride, you're really just doing it to be looked at. Again, same thing can be said about dudes wearing nothing but a half helmet and a wife beater on a sport bike. That, that's. The same thing can be said about it. A chick wearing this mini skirt and heels riding her bike down the street. Well, the same can be said about. Yeah. A lot of the Harley guys. Same thing can be said about a lot of the scooter guys. But in, in, really. in the defense of that, there is there are brands coming out where you don't 
you can wear the denim shirt that's lined right. with Kevlar right. jeans and get Same away with it. can be said about but, the pseudo-cafe guys. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are are dressing up like, you know, the old greasers. Again, I get Which it. Which is fine. It's, I mean, the I, look of the bike, and this is the way it goes. Yeah. I wish I could actually pull it off. I wish I could, too, but too I, fat, I, can't. I can't. do it. But, uh, you know, just, like you said, don't shout it. Don't shout at me. Be, Make be, a statement without... Without having to be a spectacle, it's it's the Bruce Lee thing, the art of fighting without fighting. Do be be the art of fighting without fighting. Yeah, be like go. water. No, it, yeah, be like water, but no, <laughs> the art of fighting without fighting. Show me some of it. Yep. You can take this boat. He gets in the boat and he leaves. It. Yep. There, fight's done. Never had to do anything. That's what. That's. I I try and live my life that way. The art of fighting without fighting. Yep. But some events coming. Um, we got the the art show tomorrow. Motor, oil and ink, oil and ink show. This is the first time they've been in Nashville, mm-hmm. and they do it nationwide. They do, and they're actually doing a surf for artists for next year. So if you are an artist that is interested in it, um, jump on oil and ink company oil and ink co dot com, I think. But they've got some pretty cool stuff. The, the, the prints are really nice. If I had the money, I'd probably buy something, but I don't have any money right now. Um, they got some Damn cool t-shirts. Christmas too. Time. Yeah, freaking Christmas. But um, that's coming up. Um, the Super Prestigio is Saturday. Yep. Brad Baker and Marquez, or Mark Marquez is going to see if he can beat Brad because he hadn't beat Brad yet. So, and Brad had a really interesting, they had an interesting article talking to Brad Baker about the difference, because he's ridden with Rossi on flat track and Marquez, where he's like, Marquez is a lot more dynamic and he's more along the lines of, oh, let's try this and see if it sticks. Where Rossi's a lot more precise and everything else, and it's he goes kind of set in his yeah his ways. And he, you look at him, he just just watch how they ride a MotoGP bike. That's how they're going to be on a flat track bike. But Brad is undefeated at Prestigio. He's won it twice. Marquez won it once, but that's was because Brad was hurt. And he wasn't there. So we'll see. Hopefully, Brad can make it a three P because that'll be a really cool. That'd be that's that's a neat nice feather to have in your cap, being the guy that beats Marquez at flat track, right? Um, and then that's pretty much it. For now, oh, for now, yeah. Um, that seven ninety Duke. Oh, let's talk about that. Yes, let's talk about it. Real KTM quick. dropped that seven ninety super, that seven ninety Duke, and it is fantastic, amazing looking. I am all about this motorcycle. That thing looks good, sounds good, mm-hmm. looks like it goes like a stabbed rat, and it's not going to be too much to handle. No, it's a seven ninety, so it's probably going to push ninety. So it's probably going to push around 80, 90 horsepower. Real torquey. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. Yep. It's one of those deals where if I was in the market for something and I didn't have the BMW hookup that I do, I would honestly go look at that bike because it looks fantastic. It looks like something out of a out of an old Street Fighter, like the back page, the Street Fighter magazines mm-hmm. from UK, the back page comic, yep. book, comic section. It looks like something from that. Yes. It looks, it sounds in fantastic. Of course, it's a V-twin. Well, yeah. Revving the shit out of it too, yeah. revving high and everything else, but it's it, it looks good. It's orange and black, so it's gonna be that's just cool. And then, um, and it's designed as a street bike. It's not mm-hmm. designed. It's not really like a six hundred or a sport bike. It's not trying to be a race bike. No, it's not trying to be a race bike. So it's gonna be a really good street bike. Yes. Um, I'm no excited for pricing that. Yet. No, no, it'll probably be twelve, thirteen. Eh, no. What's the super? It's dude? a KTM. What's the super dude? Uh, sixteen. It'll probably run eleven or twelve. But heck, when it hits, the, if it hits the states and it comes here, I'm I'm gonna look at it. I just oh, yeah. want to see one, and if it's 
We'll see. I don't know. I don't. I I love that BMW. I do. But we'll see. He's we'll thinking see what about cheating. No, I'm not thinking about cheating. He I'm is. not thinking about cheating. No. Because if I do if I do anything, it's gonna be something a little bit more relaxed. That's what I was like. Cheating. Nope. But uh anyway. We'll leave it at that. Um <laughs> Yep. But in the next couple of weeks we're gonna have Zach with uh Zach, motorbikes.com come on. He's gonna come on next week. And we'll also um, have another uh guest or a good friend of mine, Colin. Yep. Who is a sales manager at another dealership here. He's actually got some thoughts kind of on some of the things we talked about earlier about uh, scaring off some new riders and what the motorcycle industry in the U.S. anyways is currently facing. Um, I've kind of discussed a lot of this with him already um, about how the industry itself in any shape, way, or form is managing or not managing to collect the attention of the millennials. Um, And there's a lot of facts and statistics going along with this. So when he jumps in, we'll talk about that in greater depth. And we'll probably do that one live as well as with Zach. Uh, we will figure out when we're going to do that. And, um, and of course, we'll throw the uh, event page the event, up yeah, we'll uh, put the event on out. Facebook. Um, um, get out there and spread the word, please. Um, tell everyone that you know that rides motorcycles, if they even think about riding, have them jump on our Facebook page. Give us a like, share, yeah. jump on the Instagram. Because um, the more we grow, the more we can do. But yeah, share it up, share everybody, um, and then we'll have some CBR updates when there are CBR updates. So yeah. the current update is there are no updates. <laughs> there are no updates um, because it's, it's winter time. It's winter, and, and it's, it's really Christmas. it's cold in my garage too. It's, it's also Christmas, really so cold. The money in my garage. that would go to the bike cannot go to the bike. It's sitting oh, in my house. It's 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 inside. It's it's on stands. And but. provided you know Monday is a, a good day, thirteen may actually be done. Yes. Yes. Finally, uh, I will. Uh, I'll divulge some of the information on what's taking her so long in the next episode. Yep. Hopefully by then, the parts that I'm missing will be here. Yep. And then, we oh, I need to get Dallas back on the show. Yeah, we do. And Tyler, because, you know. Tyler, anyway. Yeah. We love him. We miss him. But anyways, thanks for joining us. This is episode 31 of Wingman's Garage. I'm Chris the Wingman. Daniel the Track Rat. And you can catch us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. ShoutEngine.com. iTunes. Google Play and YouTube and we are Wingman's Garage so yep. I think you've heard enough of us babbling we've got enough people looking at us kind of straight and my fries are cold so yeah. we'll see you all next week happy birthday Mish get the I want to watch Star Wars turn that shit off